The meat of live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. children are listening. Yes, Father, your children are listening for your voice. Not for mine and not for Carrie's. They're listening for your voice. So bless them, Father, with your grace and your truth, with your love and mercy, with your justice, with your life, with your breath, May your Holy Spirit breathe into us today and what you have to share. Take us out of it. Let only your voice be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. I am uh, I'm excited about today uh, because uh, one of the things that we I really feel strongly is that uh, God begins to work in our faithfulness even even before we get a chance to start reaching out. Even before we, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm amazed by what God does inside of me before I even get a chance to serve him. He, he's such a great God, such a blessing that we don't have to do anything to receive his love and grace except believe in him. We don't have to do anything else except say yes Jesus, I know who you are, and I'm willing to believe in you. And yes, God, I'm willing to follow him wherever he takes me. And in that moment, there's blessing already that's coming into me. Um, but what, a, what an amazing thing that this God of ours would choose to work through us to reach others, that he would trust us with it. Because I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times that I don't feel very trustworthy and I am worried that I will somehow fail him or disappoint him in the way that I present people, present to people who he is um, by my actions and by my words, by my thoughts, um, by my decisions. And so I, I get nervous about that. And so I'm excited because we're starting this brand new sermon series and it's called Fervent. And it is about the ways that we can be shored up, the ways that we can fervently pursue our faith. That's really what we're doing is we're answering the question. And this is the first question you have to ask as a disciple of Jesus. Am I fervently pursuing my faith? And th this question then, uh, what we want to do is we want to start uh, fleshing that out for you. And what does it look like to fervently pursue your faith? And that, that word fervent is a $50 word that just means uh, to say it in 50 cents. I'm so eager and excited to serve God that I can't wait to learn something new. Passionate. Passionate. I'm passionate yes. about passionate. putting my giving my allegiance to Jesus. Um, as we start preparing ourselves for what the mission that God has for us, 
the first thing we can do is just settle in our hearts and know in our hearts that we need him from the very beginning. And the best way for us to be reminded of that is to think about what it looks like to communicate with him. And so today we're going to talk a lot about prayer. We're going to talk about what it looks like, what it feels like, and, and when we pray and how we pray and that kind of thing. And, and uh, my, my hope for you is that you will see this as the first step. Now, there are some people who tell you reading the Bible is the first step. There are some people who would tell you that there are certain spiritual disciplines that you have to do. There are certain people that will, will head in a different direction than we do. Here's what we believe. God is a God of relationships. He loves giving joy to us, and he loves it when we give ourselves authentically to him. And God is a God of relationships. And the foundation of relationship really is two things, trust and communication. So the minute we start thinking about what it means to have faith in him, then we also should start thinking about what it means to communicate with him, not just talk to him, but hear from him as well. And so we, we believe, we have seen it happen in our own lives, that yes. prayer works. That, that when we talk to God about things, it's, it's not a magic ticket, and it's not, he's not Santa Claus. He doesn't do everything we tell him to do because we happen to pray the right prayers. But we have noticed that when we go to him with our issues, we go to him with our problems, we go to him with our struggles, we go to him with our desires, we go to him with our decisions, he comes through and in amazing ways. So it would be easy for us to just stand up here or sit up here and say, prayer works. But that's our consider question for today. We're going to take 10 seconds here or so and just have you to consider for yourself this question. What do we mean when we say prayer works? All right, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. Matthew chapter 6, it's in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles underneath your tables. And if you don't own a Bible, take that one with you. We would love for you to have it. That is a free gift from us. Mm -hmm. So like I said before, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13 today. So in the beginning of Matthew chapter 5 is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? And it is the longest recorded sermon by Jesus in the Bible. Jesus describes the traits he is looking for in his followers, which is a, we call it disciples, right? Or followers, one and the same. Okay? And he says throughout chapters 5, 6, and 7, because it's three chapters long of teaching, okay? He says throughout those three chapters that God blesses those who live out those traits. And one of those traits that Jesus talks about is how to pray how to pray, and that's what we're going to discuss today. So we're going to start in verse 5. If you're there, say amen. amen. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, when you pray, this is Jesus, like I said, Jesus talking, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, and there he's talking about the Pharisees, okay, which is religious leaders of the time, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they are ever going to get. That's right. So some people, especially the religious leaders, they wanted to be seen as holy, right? Right. right. They wanted to pray publicly so they could get everyone's attention and show how much, how godly they were, right? And so 
Jesus saw through that. He sees through that self-righteous act, right? And he taught that the essence of prayer is not public style, but private communication with God. There are two different kinds of communication in prayer. There's one we do publicly, and then there's one that we do privately, right? And there's a place for public prayer, but there's also a place for private prayer. Yeah, there's actually some places in Scripture where Jesus prays publicly, and in the prayer says, Father, I'm praying out loud so that everyone here can understand what I'm doing here. <laughs> like he, he's actually, as he's praying publicly, because I believe every time Jesus prays, prays in public, he's still praying privately. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In other words, he, he's not praying so that everyone can hear him. He's praying so that he can have connection with his father. But there are a couple of times where he breaks that and he says, hey, I'm, right now I'm praying privately, God, but I'm praying out loud so that everyone can know that this is you. And when I pray to you, it works. But that doesn't mean that it's that Jesus is praying so everyone will like his spirituality. They'll think he's very spiritual. They'll think he's very holy because of the way he prays. So we have to be very careful when we pray out in public that when we pray, we're actually praying to God and not praying for the people. Does that make sense? So I, that's, that's my hope. And I hope that we model that. I hope that you see that in us, that our job is not to pray these beautiful prayers that sound so holy and righteous so that you know that we're holy and righteous. Honestly, we just want to talk to God. And that's what we do there. That's right. Some of the most beautiful prayers I've ever heard are from children. Oh, yes. And new right? believers. New believers, yeah. yeah. Because they don't, yeah. they're not there to, to try to impress anybody else. Right. They're just being honest and sincere in their hearts. Yeah. And they're talking to God like as if he's there, right? And uh, so that, that's, what, that's what he's saying here is, you know, you don't have to be long-winded, right? right? <laughs> you don't have right. to be, uh, you know, to be effective in your prayers, right? And here's the other thing for us believers. You don't need a long weekend away. Mm. You don't need a grand church with all of the bells and whistles. Right. Right. This beautiful cathedral. Although there are times when I've gone into some beautiful cathedrals and it has and, brought me to prayer. struck. Yeah, with <laughs> the struck. need to pray right yeah, there. Yeah, the That's reverence right. and beauty. That's right. But you don't need those things to talk to God, right? Right. right. Um, right. And that's why Paul can say pray without ceasing. Um, because we can literally pray anywhere at any time. And we don't have to have special words like thee and thou and shout and and all of those kinds of things we can just talk to him like we talk to anybody else Mm -hmm. as long as we recognize that he is god when we're talking to him there are all kinds of places that you can pray in your car Mm -hmm. here while you're gathering with us uh, in the line at the grocery store which sometimes you need a little extra prayer with that one somebody sometimes somebody needs to pray for you You know, whether it be before you go to bed or when you very first get up in the morning before you get out of bed, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a confession to make. One of the places when I when I worked, I worked in a nursing home for six or seven years, and I always prayed that God would use me every day, you know, in, in my encounters with the residents there. And sometimes God would meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, because it was yeah. quiet and there was no... No one trying to get my attention. There were no nurses coming to me and saying, hey, I need this or this or this. And sometimes I would take a break, and sometimes I'd go into the bathroom, and it was quiet in there. There was this one bathroom in the facility that hardly anybody ever used. 
that's the one I went to <laughs> because it was quiet. And sometimes God and I would have conversations in, in that bathroom stall. I'm not going to lie. And also you because know. it was clean. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. <laughs> so let's go on to verse six. So Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, some people will take this, just this one verse and say, oh, we'll see God saying we should never, we should never pray in public. We should never pray with each other. We should only pray in private, right? But like Michael said, that's not what Jesus right. showed us throughout the scriptures. There were times when he went off by himself without his guys, yes. his disciples. I always call them his guys. He'll go with his, he'll get away from his guys. He'll go and he'll pray on his own privately to the Lord. But there's also times, like Michael said, where he preaches out loud, or not preaches, but prays out loud so that God not only will be honored and, and he will be given the glory, but also this, that there's something they can learn there. Yeah. Right? If you want to see Jesus do that, John 11 is a good chapter to go to. John 11 is a good chapter. Don't go to there now, but you can write that down. John 11, and that's when Jesus is raising Lazarus, and he, he prays out loud there. And once again, going back, he's making the point again that when we pray, it's about the heart. Right. He doesn't want a dishonest prayer. He wants a heartfelt prayer. He wants a genuine and authentic. Oh, there's that word authentic yeah. again. Yeah. Right? He wants an authentic prayer and who, who you really are, right? But I also want to point out, too, though, that being still, we use that phrase a lot, right, in our, in our Christian culture, being still. I mean, there's a purpose in that, okay? Our Father always hears our prayers. He never sleeps. He always hears us, and he gives us his attention, right? But the question is, do we reciprocate? Do we listen to God? Do we take time to listen to his voice? That's why there's an important, that's why he showed us it's important also to go away to that prayer closet at times. Yeah. To go to that bathroom where it's quiet. <laughs> right? <laughs> and have that time with him. Right. I think that leads us right into verses 7 and 8. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we'll start in verse 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask it. Amen. Now, here's the thing. It's not wrong to come to God many times with the same requests, mm -hmm. right? As a matter of fact, Jesus encourages us to be persistent in our prayers. That's right. Right? Okay, so like right now, our team is praying for a van. Yes. We are driving God bananas. Yes. <laughs> Persistently because praying. Every weekend... Or every other weekend when our team comes together and we pray for things for the jar, we are praying, God, give us that van. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, we need it. We want it. And we're specific. We know you're going to give it to us. A 15-passenger van so that we don't need a, a CDL to drive it. And, uh, and drivers. And God's already sent us a couple of drivers, but we don't have the van yet. But we just today uh, found out that there's someone who couldn't be there today because they couldn't get a ride. Right. And so we want to be able to meet that need and so we are pulling on god's ear yes we are being persistent yes. in our prayers right um psalm 116 2 he says because he turned his ear to me i will call on him as long as i live and i put the niv up there i chose niv over nlt because i love how it says his ear mm -hmm. so you really get that visual of god <laughs> leaning yeah. down 
to hear us. As I'm getting older, I have you know? to do that more. When there's a lot of background noise, <laughs> I got to kind of lean in and be like, "What are you saying?" But what right. I, my intention is, it isn't. I'm not saying God's old. I mean, I guess in a way, He's eternal, so He's outside of time, so He's never old or young. But um, what I'm saying is that there, the reason I do that is because I want to pay attention to that thing over everything else. And we can get confused and think that because there are so many people that God can't hear us right in the moment when we're, you know, he's got other things to take care of. There are more important things. There are more important people. Stop that. That's the enemy trying to keep you from talking to God. There is nothing more important to him than you. Yep. And so every time you go to him, he inclines his ear, leans in and says, what you got to say, child? What you yeah. got to say? I love this too because it always gives me the visual as mama's. We know our baby's voices, right? If we hear, we can have a whole room full of children and one of the children starts to cry and all the moms go, nope, that's not mine. Yeah. Or they'll say, yep, that's mine, right? God is our Abba. He's our father. We are his children. He knows our voice and we know his. So when we cry out to him, he, that ear perks up. Oh. There's my daughter, Carrie, again. She's asking me for something, or she's asking me again for that, right? He hears us. He hears our cries. He hears our praises. He knows our voice. And I praise God for that. What an amazing God, a God of this massive universe. Mm -hmm. And you matter to him. You matter to him. I love what Thelma Wells says. She's a uh, Christian evangelist. She says, we are urged to pray without ceasing because prayers assert God's power in our lives. When we fail to pray, we aren't cheating God. We're cheating ourselves. Right? So having that communication with him, being honest, constantly knocking at the door and saying, Abba, I need you now. I need you now. Now, at the time, there there were pagan religions, and I believe that there are still religions out there right now where, as uh, Jesus says here, they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again as if they've got to get God's attention. But the truth is, you already have God's attention. Just by being alive. Everybody do this. That means he's paying attention to you. If you're breathing, he's paying attention to you. And so the question then becomes, does he have your attention? Because if he has your attention, now you can have do some communicating. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. I also think, too... The qualities in prayer that get results are persistence and boldness. Mm-hmm. When we are persistent and we are bold before God and we say, this is what we need, Daddy. Here's the thing. Practicing persistence doesn't, it does more to change our hearts and minds than it does his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because if we're persistent and we're saying, God, we know you're going to bless me in this or you're going to help me in this. And we're watching and waiting for that answer. It, it changes our hearts and minds because then it helps us to see what's really going on, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. And see when he does answer. Now, he may not answer the way we want. Right. He's going to answer. Yeah. And so Absolutely. that's and, important. And, and to pray boldly doesn't mean to tell God what is going to happen, right? right? To be bold is not to say it like you have control of him and he's got to do what you say. To be bold is to not be afraid to tell him what you really want, for instance, we could say, God, we would really like to help people uh, get to church, but however you want to do that, that's okay. If you want to create a new uh, 
bus line in town, or if you want to, you know, that that's not really that bold, is it? Um, at the same time, we can't say, God, we know that if we pray it, you have to give us a 15-passenger van, so we're expecting it. You need to do it right now, right? Both of those are wrong, but the right way is to say, God, you, your ministry has a problem, as my friend Pastor Steve yes, likes to say. God, your ministry has a problem. There are people who can't make it, and we believe that a 15-passenger van would be the way to make that happen, and we would love for you to send us drivers, and we would love for you to send us a van. You see the difference? Mm-hmm. We're being bold, but we're not being bossy. We're, we're not scared to tell him what we need, but we're not being bossy. We're just letting him know, God, this is what we see. And God may say, oh, honey child, you need a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said that. You said, oh, honey child. <laughs> <laughs> you need a bus. But um, we're, we're going to let him figure that out. What we see in, in our world is this is what it is. So we're being bold about that. And then we are waiting on God to give that answer. Maybe an ugly bus, too. We don't know. Oh, yeah. We'll see, yeah, how, we'll yeah, see what he gives yeah. us. But we'll take whatever he gives us. Yeah, it, Hallelujah. It might, end up being it, a, it might end up being a VW bus. And then we'll have to paint, paint it differently. We'll make the mystery machine for Jesus. Right. All right. All right. So then beginning in verse 9 is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Yes. Right? And I don't know about you all, but some of us may know what that is. A lot of us know it, even if we've never really gone to church. We may have had a a grandmother or an aunt pray that over us or whatever. But this is the model that he gives his followers to use as we pray. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so basically what it is is he's giving us a recipe. Right? Yeah. He's good. he's giving us a recipe. Most of us have it memorized, um, but he didn't mean for us to stick to just that recipe as we pray. I even I don't know about you all, but when there's sometimes there's recipes that I will make for the first time, and once I've got the gist of it, then I'll just throw it together the next time. Mm-hmm. Or I may add a little piece of something, a little something something in there, to make it a little bit better than what the recipe called for. Right. So the Lord's Prayer, you think of it as a guideline. It's a lesson about prayer. It's a recipe. But God wants us to add our own creative touches to it, our own hearts and our own personalities in that prayer, right? So let's break it down. In verse 9, it says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, right? Or let your name be treated with reverence. So we're starting out saying, God, you are beyond all comprehension, you are majestic. You are holy. You are the creator of the universe, mm-hmm. right? But he also is using the word father there. Right. And Jesus calls God father numerous times in this passage, and it reminds us that we are his children. So the first line of Jesus' prayer asks us to lift our hearts and minds, right? Get focused and to praise, praise God, give him personal uh, respect and honor. That's right. Right? First thing we do is we praise. We do it personally and respectfully. So I, I, I'll often stop us and do this. Um, a lot of times when we go to God, and this is perfectly okay because God loves us this much, we throw open the throne room doors and we're like, Daddy, 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 this is what we want, right? Or Daddy, 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 I'm really hurting today. I need you. Or Daddy, 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 I, I, can I just sit in your lap for a minute and let you hold me? Or Daddy, 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 and there's nothing wrong with this. He's a personal God, but he is also your king. And there are some times, so you can pray in your car and pray in different places and do all those things that, that, that Pastor Kerry was talking about. But there also is a time to be reverent and to recognize the majesty and the infiniteness, the, 
the eternity of God. He's so much bigger and greater than we are. And he is managing the whole universe. And it's okay to come to him sometimes and say, my king. My king. Mm -hmm. You are holy. You are majestic. You are everything. And in your presence, I am only anything because I'm your child. Mm -hmm. And I love you just for that. Because it lets me know that you are powerful and that you are paying attention and that you know better than I do what's right in this situation. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of praise as well. So be personal, but it's also okay. We use respectful, but you could use the word reverent there because that's what reverence means. Okay. okay. Then Jesus goes on in verse 10. The next part is, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth. Right? Or in other words, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And what this word then come, that comes out of this is realign to God's will. Okay, Pray for his work in this world. It refers to God's spiritual reign. God's kingdom was announced in the covenant with Abraham and then going forward in Christ. And will be complete when all evil and the enemy is destroyed. Amen? So when the Jews heard this, they're thinking of the kingdom here on earth. Right? That's that earthly perspective. That's right. But what Jesus is saying, when we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about that spiritual kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? And then when we pray, may your will be done, we aren't leaving things for chance. Mm-hmm. Right? We are requesting God will accomplish his perfect purpose in this world as well as in the next. So it is a prayer to say, God, I hope this happens. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is a prayer. It, it, it's just not a very effective prayer. Instead... Pray, God, my hope is in you. This is what's happening. How how can I, in your will, act in a way that brings about your will? And so I'm realigning myself with him. Um, I used to to teach this this way. Be aware of God, acknowledge God, and then align yourself with God. Right? That's the beginning of prayer is recognizing. But God, did you notice earlier it said that God already knows what you're going to pray and what you need? (laughs) So why do we ask him then? Well, we ask him partly because he loves to hear the voices of his children and he loves to hear from us. He wants to hear our take on it because he can teach us through that. But he is also teaching us through our prayers. As we pray more and more often and we see him answering prayers, what he's doing is he's showing us what his will looks like and it makes it easier for us to pray within his will the next time. So that every time we pray, we get better at it because we start recognizing that prayer is about realigning with his will. Because sometimes what we want is not what we need. And sometimes we ask for something and God says, you know, God, please, please, please help me in this relationship that I'm in. And God's going, sister, you got to get out of that relationship. That is not good for you. And if he answered your prayer the way that you want it, he would give you what you want, but it would not be what you needed. And so sometimes his answer is no. The other possibility is that he answers with silence. And for us, that's terrible because, man, I don't know about you, but I hated asking my mom or my dad something and them just not answer me at all. Right? But, but when he doesn't answer at all, what he's saying is, wait. And it may have nothing to do with you. 
It may be that there are circumstances that need to happen in someone else's life until before he can answer your prayer. And so he's not picking on you by making you wait. His timing is perfect. And so as you pray and you realign yourself to his will, you are also putting yourself in a position to realign to his timing. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And that brings about his will on this earth. So if you have been praying for 10 years for something that hasn't happened yet, don't stop. He hasn't answered yet. He's just saying, wait. Or if, you, if you're praying it and you realize that it's just not happening, ask yourself, is this what I need? Or is this just what I want? And you're aligning yourself to his will. So praise him and then realign to his will. Then the next one is acknowledge. He provides our daily needs. Verse 11 says, give us today the food we need, or as some people know it, give us our daily bread. That's right. That's right. Um, and so just to me, what this means, this, this particular line or this verse means we acknowledge God, right? We acknowledge him. We know that he is our sustainer. He's our provider. He gives us physical things, mm -hmm. but he also gives us wisdom. He also gives us courage. He gives us the Holy Spirit to lead us each and every day. Yes. So basically what we're saying is we started out by saying, God, you were majestic. You were holy. You were awesome. But I also acknowledge that you are the one who provides everything that I need. That's right. Okay. That's right. And then he goes into verse 12 and says, and forgives us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So the next part of that is to yield. We are yielding to God's perspective. We are praying for forgiveness and for our daily struggles. The only thing I'm going to say about here with forgiveness, because we could spend a whole mm -hmm. sermon talking about forgiveness, True. but not forgiving others or, for, or not forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's two different... We have to forgive others and forgive ourselves. We deny our common ground with each other. Right. We're all on common ground. We're all here on this planet. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, as sinners, we need God's forgiveness. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And we break the family relationship with each other when we don't allow forgiveness of ourselves or forgiveness of each other. That's good. Okay? And so I think that's the key point that I wanted to bring out about forgive us our sins and we have forgiven those who sin against us. Yeah. And then he later goes on in verse 14 and talks about that a little more. Yes. Uh, Jesus does. Which I think is interesting because all the rest of the prayer, he just kind of lets it be where it is. But forgiveness, he repeats. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because, dang, that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to forgive and it's hard to ask for forgiveness. It's hard to ask for forgiveness because in order to ask for forgiveness, we have to admit we are wrong and we hate that, right? But it's also hard to give forgiveness because we feel like if we forgive someone, we're letting them off the hook. But notice the connection between those two places we, we live in. They are both selfish. They are both more about me than they are about the people around me. And God wants us to be filled with his forgiveness so that we can empty ourselves with forgiveness for others, but also so we can empty ourselves by asking forgiveness from others. And those are the two biggest tools in your evangelism tool belt. If you want to impress somebody and get them to start asking, how can you be the way that you are? Please forgive me and I forgive you are the two biggest ones because it is so unnatural for us 
Matter of fact, I would say it's supernatural. Mm -hmm. And so it requires the Spirit's movement in our lives. And so the first place to do that is to pray. I have one more little, sorry, I got one more little thing I got to talk about, and that is that you realize that when God says he forgives you for something and you still punish yourself, you're saying, I know better than God how this, this situation has to be handled. If God forgives you, who are you to withhold forgiveness of yourself? Exactly. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Then finally, in, he ends it in verse 13. It says, and don't let us yield to temptation, right? Um, but rescue us from the evil one. And we know who that evil one is, right? Right, that enemy. And if you don't think the enemy exists, that's okay. Because he sees you. Right? He sees you. Um, and sometimes we don't even realize what's happening around us. We don't even realize we're being tempted until we get into a situation that causes us consequences we don't want to deal with, <laughs> right? Um, and everybody faces temptation. Right. Everybody faces that. And I know Thursday night we were talking at GR about the difference. There's a difference between temptation and sin, mm -hmm. right? Temptation is seeing that donut on the table and knowing you shouldn't eat it, right? And I am tempted. I can smell it. I can see it. And tell the truth, you can taste, taste it. it, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm there with you. Uh, but for me to actually eat that donut, right, that's the sin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So all of us are tempted. We're all tempted in some way or another. And so Jesus is saying that you're going to be tempted, but God can re I can rescue you from that. Mm -hmm. The moment you feel tempted, say, oh, and I've done this before. Jesus, yeah. I shouldn't eat that donut. <laughs> And although it sounds like I'm cursing, really I'm praying. Right. Jesus, I yeah. should need that donut. Okay? Yeah. And so we're asking him to deliver us from that temptation um, and asking him to strengthen us. Right? right? Because we all have temptations and things we know we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> right. right? And so just recognizing that. You, you guys, have you ever heard uh, somebody say, God, God will never give you more than you can handle? Right. That is a lie. <laughs> We are sitting here right now, and it is more than we can handle. And he puts us there so that we have to rely on him. That is a lie. Where that comes from is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but will always provide a way of escape for you. What he says is, there is no temptation except what is common to man. That's, there's no temptation that he hasn't seen before and that man hasn't experienced before. You are not going through something new when you are tempted. And God is faithful in that, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. That means every time you say yes to the temptation, you said no to his way of escape. So what we have to do, and that's why addicts talk about it this way. If you, if you have ever been around an addict, have an addict in your family or have been an addict yourself, you have heard about triggers, right? Triggers are the beginning place. The, the first time you actually start thinking about that beer or that hit or that mushroom or that whatever it is, that lie, that porn, whatever it is, 
And when what, what they try to tell you is find the trigger. What they're saying is find the temptation, where the place where you first start thinking about it, because in that moment, there's a way out. If you don't take it there and you have already put your finger on the trigger, that's a hair trigger. It ain't much to pull it. And you are, you've already made the decision. You are just kidding yourself, right? Well, we, we know that all addiction is sin. Well, what we don't realize is that all sin is addictive. And we get to the place where we are committing the same sins over and over and over again. And we think, why can't I stop this? And it's because you haven't found your trigger. You haven't found the temptation that causes you to start looking in that direction. And so that's a way for, that God delivers us from evil is that he helps us to recognize what those triggers are so that we don't do it anymore. Yeah. And we, so listen to me. When you recognize your trigger, that doesn't mean once you recognize it, you'll never do it again. What it means is now you know when you have to pray. Mm-hmm. When you see the trigger, now you have to pray because supernatural intervention has to happen right there. And so you say, God, I see my trigger. I'm asking you, God, to help me take captive every thought. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Please, God, work in my life so that I can get away from whatever the trigger is. If it's boredom, you find something else to do. If it's anger, you find some way to talk out your feelings. If it's sadness, you find some way to recognize that the God of the universe cares so much about you that he wants to lift you out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barbara Jackson is another female evangelist and I love how she says, prayer is the place where burdens are shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. They come off of you. And as Jesus wraps his arms around you and then you, you, you look and he's ahead of you, he's gone ahead of you, with the heaviest part of your burden squarely atop his shoulders. Yes. Right? Prayer is the place where burdens are shifted. And we are no longer carrying that burden. We are giving it to God. Give him your suitcase. Give him you don't your, have to give carry him it your anymore. Stuff. Give him your stuff. Give him your baggage. And then the last thing I want to talk about is that we pray together. Right? Mm-hmm. And praying for one another, it, it just reminds us that we're community and family. Mm-hmm. Right? It knits us together and it bonds us in such a special way. I know... Um, like I said, our team meets every other Saturday now, and we just talk about the future of the jar and what God's doing. And we start with prayer, and we end with prayer because we got to wrap it, mm-hmm. right? We've got to know that he's in it. Um, and, and we're doing that, but also what it's done for us as a team has bonded us together in such an amazing and mighty way. And that's why it's important for us to gather, too, is so that we can pray with each other and lift each other up. So our B for today is be humble and persistent. Be mm-hmm. humble and persistent. So we have gifts for you guys today. Yes. We have gifts for you guys today to remember what we taught. It's, it's a simple teaching because, like we said, we could do a whole entire sermon series mm-hmm. just right. on prayer. That's right. Um, and we probably will in the future. Mm-hmm. So be prepared because mm-hmm. I'm all about prayer. You're each going to get a card today. We talked about how the Lord's Prayer is a recipe, right? So I want to encourage you to take a card. You're each going to get a card, and you're going to write the Lord's Prayer on there. Yeah. You can also, if you want, write the, the acronym that we made for you, PRAY. That's right, P-R-A-Y. You can write that on there as well so you can remember. 
So you each get a card, do with it what you will. Mm -hmm. But we're, we would encourage you to, to write something on there to remember that the Lord's Prayer is a recipe for you. And we you need to add your own seasonings in there. Mm -hmm. Whatever right. that may be. That's right. right? And then the last thing I'm going to give you guys is earplugs. <laughs> and this is to remind you that you need to find your quiet place. Yes. Wherever that may be. Okay? Whether you're a young mama and you need to put the bathroom to be your quiet place. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. it's the only place you can lock the door. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Or whether you be a, a grandparent, right? And you need a place, a, a private and quiet place whether it be your car or a walk or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So you're each going to get a pair of earplugs to remind you of, to find that quiet place. And 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 I want to encourage you to, if, if you're not sure, the other thing I want to talk about is sometimes it's really hard to pray. Sometimes we're going through things and you just, you're like, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. I've never talked to God before, or I've talked to God, but I'm, I'm angry with him, or I'm not sure about what's going on. And I just want to encourage you to start with one word, or just one sentence, okay? Because he knows your heart. He knows what's in your mind. But he wants you to acknowledge him, right? He wants you to yield to him. He wants you to tell him how you're feeling. He doesn't want you to just live life without him. So I would encourage you to start with one word or one sentence if that's what it takes uh, to come before him. And remember this from Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Because he knew you in advance. He knew you in your mother's womb. So be humble. This is Psalm 116.10. I believed in you, it says. So I said, I am deeply troubled. Now, only a humble person can admit that they are deeply troubled. Psalm 116.10. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled. And then Carrie referenced, Jesus tells a, a story about a, a persistent widow who constantly is asking a judge to give her justice. And he uses it as an example so that he can teach this in Luke. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you are asking for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And what this references is the Greek word, usually you see, you see Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. But the Greek is in what's called an aorist tense. And it means you have already done it and you're going to keep on doing it. And the NLT shows that perfectly here by saying keep on. You have keep done it, asking. yes, but keep on asking. Because the more you ask, the more he can show his will to you and you can realign yourself to him.